All righty, excellent. Uh, we, we're joined here by Sean David. Hello. I'm so excited to have you on here, Sean. Uh, you're going to be a great guest, I have a good feeling. Uh, we are recording out of Brad Galley's house right now. Yep, uh, we're going to take erotic photos in his bedroom after the podcast. Take that galley. Fuck you. <laughs> his his uh, his roommate said, yeah, uh, yeah, you'll know which... Uh, You'll know which room's Brad's because I'll have the pictures of all the naked men on it. <laughs> so we're just going to be one more on the pile. Uh, Sean, I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this podcast, Ships in the Night, it's about uh, reconnecting with, connecting actually with people uh, on the periphery of our lives who are just kind of have like acquaintanceship relationships with people mm-hmm. we only know, perhaps biblically <laughs> or um, just slightly. And let's get to know each other. Uh, deeper let's examine what makes a relationship strong let's go ahead and uh, examine our relationship to start okay sean how do you how do you how do we know each other how do you know me um just from open mic that's it open mic have we done any shows together i'm sure we have just like in the past Um, yeah actually we did jason wasoki's show that Oh, the that puppy the, show! Yeah, at the warehouse. That was so sad with the soccer thing. <laughs> oh man, that was. So you guys had a great first half. The clean show that was good. Yeah, you know that, that's what I was thinking, and then I was reading an interview with the the headliner on that. I won't say who it is in case he's listening. Yeah. He's not listening. Okay. Uh, but he was doing an interview, and he's like, "Yeah, the first two comics just ate shit. Then I went in there, talked with the kids, and crushed." <laughs> and I just oh, so alienating. <laughs> So immediately painful. No, I mean, I thought you did fine with the kid. You, yeah, so did I. It was awkward, but you did fine with him, man. It's a, oh, yeah, definitely wouldn't say you ate shit. No, no ate shit is what happened on the second half of the show. That was... Yeah, I didn't get that to watch that. How did that, how'd that play out? Worse than you'd imagine. <laughs> Worse than your nightmares. It's, uh, there was nobody there, like, literally nobody there. Oh, so, God. um... You know, there's uh, like three people that were upstairs in that upper level just hanging out and talking. But otherwise, it was just me, uh, me, Jason, Garrett, and Corey. And that one guy that was really drunk. That was it. Just that one, like, PTSD'd out Marine. Yeah. Oh, fucking. Oh, that no. annoyed the shit out of Corey. Because Corey, um, he just got out of the military a little while back ago. And he talked briefly to the guy, got what his rank was, uh-huh. and that annoyed the shit out of Corey because <laughs> Corey, you know, he's captain or whatever, and he's like, "This guy was would have been my peer in the military. Can you see how fucked up that is?" Oh my god! You know, Corey's a smart, well-spoken guy, and Corey, just, this is Corey Rhodes. Uh, Corey uh, uh, Johnson. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, from the Springs. He just moved up here recently. And, He's engaged, going to be married, so he hasn't had the time to devote to open mics as he, as he would like to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Corey, Corey Rhodes, though, also being another member of the military, I'm sure he would have been thrilled by that same person. I think Corey would, have, Corey Rhodes would have taken a, a very different, like fuzzy bear approach to the situation. <laughs> Man, so there's. Do you guys at least get paid at the end of it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Jason's well, great good. like that. Yeah, and he, I. He he fought for the headliner and nice money, and mm-hmm. I I got like a little sneak peek into like mm-hmm. road dog mentality when mm-hmm. the headliner bought a pizza. I think you had some of the pizza. Yeah, I had a piece. Yeah, and uh, so we got paid, and then the headliner was like, "Hey, we're fucking walking out. Fuck that pizza. They can eat the cost on it." 
And that's, it's just this weird, like, tit for tat. <laughs> like, I can just totally see him, like, at some shitty Wyoming bar, like, bartender gives him 200 what the fuck, man? You promised three hundred, and then he just steals enough <laughs> vodka to make up for the hundred dollar difference. Have you ever heard the Pat Oswalt bit about uh, doing a gig at some club, and he's like the feature and the headliner is some magician guy, and there's a dispute over the money where they're told like actually the headliner only gets paid seventy dollars, not seventy five, <laughs> and that just pissed the headliner off. He like totally just with his uh. His act, you know, he wasn't like, you know, putting the pizzazz uh-huh. in there. He's just like, all right, see this, pull the card, see the card, all yeah. right, see, see that, okay, there. <laughs> <Go to> <laughs> the next <laughs> oh man, that was the whole act. Wow, um, that's so ballsy. Are we getting off topic here? No, I mean, what whatever, man. It's okay. free form. There's no. It's free form. All right. Um, here's a question I like to ask: yeah. What, uh, what did your childhood look like? Um, let's see, childhood. Let's see. I don't know. I was a normal, nice kid, I think. It's, you know, as a middle child, but, um... What, yeah. uh... Well, I almost said, what, like, cast? Like, we're in India. Where you're pretty pretty comfortably middle, pretty... Yeah. A little lower, like, a little higher. Yeah, the, you know, just there in the middle, middle class, middle... Mm-hmm. Both middle parents? child and middle class. Yep, yeah, both parents. They're still married, actually, and still living in the house I grew up in. Oh, wow. Yeah, which, you know, is kind of common for that generation. I think so, man. It's like nowadays, I I don't know, I can't imagine that. Like, my wife and I, we pretty much want to, you know, would like to buy a new house and burn the one we live in currently along with all the memories so forth. But <laughs> uh, probably not the memories. But, um, <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, Only I can't imagine being memories. stuck in one place, like, for that long. Because, man, after a while, it's... You know, you begin to see the faults in the house, and, uh-huh. you know, but yeah, you have that generation there. It doesn't matter. That that was their thing. They they bought that and they held on to it forever. Yeah, the the faces on the walls grow a little more sinister after every anniversary. Yeah, but me as a kid, let's see, um, you know, the things I did, rode my bike a ton, like um, that's all I did. It's just like riding my bike all the time. Um you know, it's uh, when I got older, I was doing like freestyle BMX. I was sponsored by a bike shop in town for doing that. And now, now, where is town? Where were you, where were you living? I grew at? up in Castle Rock. So I'm originally from Oklahoma, but grew up down in Castle Rock. Um, for, our, for our non-Colorado listeners, to describe Castle Rock in your own words. Castle Rock, uh, right now, just... I wouldn't even know that you could call it a small town anymore. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, a town, you know, just south of Denver. It's, uh, you know, very suburban. So, like, if you take a day off, you know, and, and you follow your wife to Michael's, you'll see a bunch of other straight women just <laughs> walking around because apparently they're just, you know, free to roam wherever they want to during the day, which, <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that's, it's just, I where does somebody find that freedom and stuff to just be able to, uh, do things all the time, but you see him there. Um, now, was it know, like that when you were a kid? Was it still just Michaels and white women, or was it a little no, more? No, man. Like when I was a kid, it's definitely much more, you know, the rural feeling for a small town mm-hmm. when I was a kid. But, you know, it was like kind of up and coming. You know, it started off like the little things you had, uh, you know, you had your Safeway and the Pizza Hut. Then the next thing you know, Walmart comes to town. Then this and that. And it and then you just kind of all built up. And it was sad because when I was a kid, you know, I had this vision in my mind. You know, it's just like, 
you kind of knew eventually Denver and Cast Rock would connect in some way through suburbia. And uh-huh. technically, it's like now in a way that has happened because there's like really kind of no open lane, and that's you know in that uh, stretch from Santa Fe to I twenty five going south. You know, there's developments like everywhere in one shape or another. It's just like actually this this kind of sucks. This is kind of sad. <laughs> Like, I don't know, maybe that's just me as an adult. As an adult, you know, when I was in college, there's that part of me that was thinking, I'm like, what am I doing this for? Where do I really want to go? And there's a part of me that thought about it. It's just like, uh, maybe I'd just rather learn to be a gunsmith and just <laughs> go live in the smallest fucking town you could imagine and just be now, a is gunsmith. That maintenance here. or making guns or you know, yeah, It's going to be like more maintenance is what you see in guns, you know, okay. Guns have their problems there, and yeah. why that appealed to me at the time, and I don't know, it's probably because I've always been more of a, you know, I don't know so much a recluse, but definitely an introverted personality, and sure, you know, and getting in the occupation I did, man, it's it's weird for that for that kind of person. What occupation is that? I am a uh, investment consultant. They would call it otherwise. So you tell people spend, no spend. Uh, basically, it's not even so much that as it is. I try to like find out, you know, what kind of uh, investment needs people have, and see, you know, what they're doing, and you know, letting them know like what we can do, and getting them to bring in, you know, new assets and problem solving for them, things like that. And I don't know. It's just I grew up like you know, introverted, you know. Mm-hmm punk you know as a teenager and stuff and like getting into the occupation that i'm in seemed to be the last you know punk rebellious act you know that i did you know Mm -hmm. just to show whoever like the man that uh i can fucking do it's just like all right you say i can't do this shit i'll show you that i can and then that's what i've been doing since watch me be part of your system and then beat it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) It's certainly a little less glamorous than a gunsmith. You know, if yeah. you're a gunsmith, yeah. you get to do cool shit like add laser sights onto knives. So yes, man. Or imagine two laser sights on the same gun. Double yeah. the accuracy. Or like a gun that shoots knives. A gun knife. Yeah. <coughs> a gun that shoots a knife with a laser on it. That would that'd be the way to go. A laser that shoots knives mm-hmm. that shoots guns. Uh, so you were... You're into, into the punk music. You played, or you just kind of like the. No, I was con- in a band. It, like, um, I can't remember somewhere along the line in high school. You know, I went up to my friend Tony because I knew Tony played guitar, and I'm like, let's start a band. So, mm-hmm. you know, no cool backstory at, at all. But so, start off. I was just singing for like a long time, and then somewhere along the line, it's I picked up the guitar. I'd always, you know, kind of played the guitar. I just. Do you guys have any old old recordings? Yeah, we did, but like the tape that I had, I gave to my friend Fred, you know, one time to like borrow, you know, and said, hey, you know, here's a recording we did of my band, you know, you could borrow it, and he accepted that as a gift, Uh, so I never got, and he's dead now. Oh, maybe you can get it back. (laughs) Talk to his wife. (laughs) Stick it to Fred on both ends. Turn this off. That is... Sean David's Amber Alert pager. <laughs> or there's an Amber Alert in the area. Let's him know so we can go fight crime. <laughs> now, how long? 
I assume you still like you still enjoy punk music now because like that's oh, yeah. that's something that you, it's just, it's like a love that you internalize so deeply you never really stop loving it. Right? Yeah, well, it's kind of every genre of music out there I think says something about you know whatever you're into says something about you know your personality or like where you're at emotionally like you know it all taps into one emotion or another like mm-hmm. if you know you're kind of angry or something you know then like the hardcore punk you know definitely tapped into that it's and i don't know it's just like that kind of aggression just kind of all of a sudden molded into a sound that you can listen to and you identified with you know same with the metal and then there's other you know there's happy pop music for pussies and all yeah. that shit but <laughs> It's, I don't know, nothing wrong with it. Like, I hear, like, catchy tunes and stuff. Like, my wife definitely listens to more pop music, and, you know, my son does too. But, um, you know, at times, though, it's I've turned on Bad Brains in my car, and he likes <laughs> old-school Bad Brains. He likes, you know, the Band in DC album, so. You ever just put on a sad album and cry, Sean Davis? Uh, well, yeah, there's a... I don't know a sad album, but, like, you know, there's a sad song there for whatever, like... Uh, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be a sad song. Like, what is it? That song, the Whistle Baby by Flo Rida. Like, that makes you cry. It does because it was played at my nephew's funeral. Oh my god! Yeah. What? Yes. So uh, what, you what know, happened? it's like when you know I started hearing this. It like my mind all of a sudden it's like not getting into the same place that people probably normally, you know, think about when like they listen to the song. And what a strange choice for a funeral! Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Are you getting a call? Okay, let's pause. What happened? I don't know how to work this fucking thing. All right, (laughs) and we're back. All right. It was a little Sean David provided. uh, Sean David's lovely wife, Karen. I don't know her real name. Liz. Liz. Mm -hmm. Not close at all. Yeah, not Um, close at all. We were discussing... We were in the middle of discussing... Uh, music. Uh, oh, fucking uh, at your... The whistle. By oh, yeah. Rider. So, now, just to clarify, it's not my actual nephew. It's from, like, uh, the child of, like, friends that I have that are very close. You know, we've known each other for a very long time. It's just, like, you know, always been, like, family. So okay. like, to them, it was Uncle Sean, basically. You know, they're my oh, nephew and niece, but... Yeah, so when that happened, it was uh, kind of sad. came out of nowhere. Jesus. Yeah. It was a bad week, man. My friend Fred died, what was it, the week before. I'd gone and saw him, you know, in the hospital to say goodbye because he knew he was going to be dying. Like, he was slipping away quick. So said goodbye to him and one day. went to the funeral the following weekend, I think it was. And then by the next week, I was going to his funeral, so... Wow, what, yeah. what what hit him? Is uh, it was a suicide. It's um, oh man, yeah. So it's kind of backstory. Part of it involved Fred. You know, like you know, unfortunately, his uh, his girlfriend had died in a ATV accident. You know, just recently. So combination of that. You know, and then he just had to go. So it was kind of a, a bad week. Jesus. So for like my group of friends. And then it had to get even worse by them playing Flow Rider. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, it's sorry to hear. That, I don't man. know. To me, it's we're going to. I think that's the first funeral I've gone to where it's a celebration. You know, I guess I could see that as an adult. 
Uh-huh. You know, it could work in, like, you know, technically, you know, kids and adults, he's like 20, I think would have been 21 soon. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, as, like, you know, parents and stuff, you know, trying to, like, have the celebration of life for your child, I, I think, you know, in reality, when it gets there, it's, it becomes a lot, a lot sadder, you know. It's just, yeah. like, they're kind of expecting this, but, you know, in the same time, they're realizing this you know, this isn't what we want to do right now. They're, you know, in a grave and, you know, I feel bad for them. God damn, this is getting dark right now. How do we... No, this is where we want to be. This is where all that is podcast this what this money is. All about? Yeah, so, yeah it's like those friends. So I love those friends, but I know it's probably going to be a while till like, we'll get to talk and hang with them for a while because they got a, that whole grieving process to go through. Yeah. I know that's going to take quite a while. Was it, was this pretty... The I guess all of it, the nephew's funeral, the all pretty pretty recent. Uh, that was just last year. Jeez. Uh, and I mean, did it affect? I did it affect you just seeing like, oh man, the, this young, and then he he went out like that. Cause you I, know, I know what? Got... Yeah, it's like because as a parent, you start to think about it, it's just like, mm-hmm. well, shit. You know, it's just like there's never this point as a parent when you're in the clear. It's just like. <laughs> Man. You know, because... Oh, that's really good. Yeah, wow. it's... You know, as soon as your child is born, they're these fragile, fragile creatures, you know, that you have to keep an eye on, like, till... You know, they kind of build up some strength to them and everything, and not like everything in the world's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. But then they get to that certain age, then it's just like, okay, it's like, you know, you don't have to worry about them drowning in the bathtub and stuff like that anymore, but then it's like you have to worry about, like the predators around you and stuff and it's mm-hmm. you know i know some people put you know let your kids run off to the park and stuff they'll be fine it's like dude i've known fucking kids that were lured you know oh, it's like or uh, you know attempted i should say at one point you know it's mm-hmm. just like cars falling off they had to run off and it's like i don't i don't know what it is i don't know if the world's that different from when i was a kid because yeah when i was a kid i could like run off forever like me and my friends you know it's like as soon as summer vacation hit you know, you're out the door in the morning off on whatever adventures, man, fucking going through like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, drainage tunnels and things like that to see how far you can go in the dark. And, you know, you're not coming back until like the sunset practically. And, you know, I know my parents didn't have a heart attack as far as I know. But, <laughs> dude, uh, like nowadays, if, yeah, if my son did that, he's, he's coming across that age now. And eight, you know, he's eight now. And that's, I know that's the age when I was doing that kind of stuff. And that would freak the play. shit out of me. Man. I mean, have you ever asked your parents, like, hey, mom, pop, were you terrified? I, know, I mean, maybe that's a loaded question, because there's not, like, a right answer out there. going to be like, yeah, we were terrified for you every day, but we knew it had to happen. Or they're going to go, you know what? I didn't, I didn't fucking care. You know, yeah. Shawnee, you could have run off. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I know, you know, I think something would have, like, uh, you know, worried my mother there. Like, my dad, you know, my dad is at work, so I don't know, you know, if it ever... Mm-hmm. occurred to him then you know being gone and but um my mom you know it's my mom does not handle death well at all like even when you know what was it my dad's mother died and oh god she was but you know she, she wasn't like, somebody we generally like but even when she died my mom cried over that wow. and that's something that always worried me like getting out of high school i wanted to go into the military but you know i tried to get into the uh Marines, the Navy, the Army, couldn't get into them because I had to take medication for asthma oh. at that time. 
And, you know, I probably think as well, it's just because I, I wasn't concerned about dying at all, but had I died, then yeah, I'm sure that would have would have really fucked my mom up bad. Wow. And that's, that's interesting that you were, you were going into the military like, whatever, I'm, I don't care if I die, but like, it would tear up my mom's. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that's something like, Jesus, it's probably, you know, to get dark, it's like, that's probably, yeah, I, some people have their motivation, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you get sad, and I'm sure plenty of people think about off of themselves, and some have the reason, it's just like, all right, they don't have the guts to do it. <laughs> to me, it's just like, uh, you know, I didn't have it in me to be the asshole to write the suicide note, you know, it's just like, because you go and do that, yeah, you you know, it's for your reasons, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, it's, you're hurting, like, your friends and family mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's just like, you know, you, there's got to be something that kind of registers in you, know, at least it did with me, about, like, oh, God, I'm I'm being an asshole. So you, you go on one day to the next. I've, I've heard that that's where a lot of, that's the point where a lot of, like, terminally ill patients get to, is they get to the point where, like, they accept death. I'm like, whatever, I'm going to die. Fine. Yeah. I don't care. But uh, they are still worried about, like, fucking, what about my fiancé? Yeah. What about all these people I'm leaving behind? Like, yeah. that's their main worry. Well, yeah, that's also a point of strength, though. It's just, like, um, like, kind of one key of, like, figurative living is, like, you had to figure out, all right, um, you know, it's it's about... You got to understand, you're not the most important person in the world. That mm-hmm. you know, it's about the people that you care about and stuff. Because you know, living and stuff. If you've ever been in a situation where you've almost died, it's like, you know, if you're just thinking about yourself, eventually you're just like, okay, that's it. You know, I'll give up there. Mm-hmm. But if you keep the people you care uh, care about in mind, then it's just like, all right, then you know, you find that uh, kind of carry on that you got to survive. It's you know, it's got to change your focus there. Have you ever been in that position where, like, you're real close yeah, to Yeah, actually, you know, one time, like, a bad asthma attack, a bad, uh, you know, like, a bad bike accident. But at that point, though, it's like, I don't know where that would have come from because I, like, got knocked out cold mm-hmm. and, like, woke up in intensive care in the hospital. Wow. Um, let's see. Almost drowned as a child. Um, and let's see. Got caught briefly in an avalanche once snowboarding. So, a couple. Yeah, it wasn't like one of those ones that like enveloped me. It's just like I dropped off a cornice, I cut, and then all of a sudden the earth moved underneath me and like a sliding and, you know, freaking out and paddling my arms to stay on top of it. Ah. So, yeah, it wasn't one of those ones where it was like it got out of control and shit, but it's scary nonetheless, you know, and you're yeah. just like, all right, I got to find my way out of this quick. and. Jeez. So fortunately, I was up with friends and stuff on like, uh, you know, snowmobiles. So I had, I got like buried and shit. I'm sure they would have figured some way to find me, but that's assuming because I know when somebody gets buried, that can be the hard part. Have you ever seen like pictures of somebody that's, uh, you know, gone through like a bad avalanche? No. That's freaky shit. You know, some of them, they just like, like the body are, or like a, this is a living the, person. The, yeah, the, the, the bodies, you know, it's like some of them. It, if it's like, you know, violent moving avalanche, they get twisted up like a pretzel. Ugh. And it's just like, ugh, God, you know, and I know some of them, it's just they get buried and they suffocate. But, man, just uh, that whole act of getting twisted up like a pretzel. Sounds uh, I There used to be this uh, garbage compactor at work. Mm-hmm. And just every time I would walk by it and, like, 
like I'd have to throw boxes in it, and my mm-hmm. arm would just like, like it has to cross over like the the precipice of where the crusher mm-hmm. begins. And yeah. every time you see it, you just imagine, ah, shit, what if I got pinned in there? Yeah, so it's, it's like a big cage, and then just a James Bond style descending murder ceiling. And oh yeah, ah, just the, I know the crushing anxiety. Question. I know I had a whereas like once as a kid at um, <laughs> my friends. There's this dirt road, and for whatever reason, they built like, um, you know, not like the sidewalk, but like the whole kind of side of it for like a sidewalk with concrete. And there's this, you know, a little creek or whatever that went down is like around Cast Rock. And we decided, okay, we're just going to go ahead and dig a hole underneath this concrete part. And then so, you know, we can slide under this, down this embankment and everything. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, being stupid as kids. The rains came and oh, did a ton of erosion, oh, no. and like it built up over time, and eventually this thing caved down. And underneath, though, with like this concrete, all of a sudden it built like a little cave that went underneath there. And um, so we'd go, you know, I hang out in there sometimes and just kind of explore around. Then there was um, one time, though, me and my friend had, uh, you know, we'd been in there and we're just coming out, and sure enough, we're just walking out. This dump truck comes up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like the guy had a look on his face like, you know, he was glad that we saw us because he, he saw us coming out because <laughs> he was just going to go ahead and dump not think about oh, it. Sure fuck. enough, it's just like, so yeah, had we not come out when we did, we could have been buried alive in there and that would have sucked Jeez. ass. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, Sean, close call David. <laughs> wow, man. Sean, not so smart David. Uh, which of those was like the scariest? Um, scariest, let's see, probably, let's see, that one, you know, because that other shit when you're a kid, it's like, it's scary at the time, probably actually, no, probably the thing, the, the bike accident as a kid, and not so much from like, you know, what happened there, or, no, man, that asthma attack, because yeah, I'd kind of resigned that I was going to die at that point it's one of those things it's like the worst one I had like I was just like wasn't breathing as ready to go at that point um, how old so were you? that was scary uh, I probably was like 17 I think at that point oh man yeah well, how'd, how'd you get out of it? well fortunately it's um, you know from like having bad asthma when I was a kid we had this one machine at the house so like I was kind of sitting there ready to die on the stairs and like fortunately <laughs> My mom had heard me, and she went and, like, got this machine together, and so, like, did that, and then started breathing. <laughs> oh, 17-year-old Sean was a dummy. <laughs> and, well, no, uh, it's just, like, like I didn't have any, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't make it any further. I'm, like, oh, you know, oh, going no. up the stairs, so my Jeez. mom, like, had to come drag me up and everything, so, oh. yeah, I was at that point, man. Wow. God. Okay. Oh, man, that, that's intense. Um yeah. Have you ever had, you ever like feared for your kid's life? Um, and not in a I'm going to choke him way. No, like, uh, what was it? I've definitely had some scares there. Like, there's one time uh, I was going to just wash my car, you know, like the little handheld washing. Mm-hmm. My wife told me I should bring Cooper along because he liked to help out there. We got there and he wasn't really being helped, but, you know, he would have been like three or four at this time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, probably like four. And um, you know, so I'm washing the car, and you know, doing the thing like spraying it off or whatever. 
And all of a sudden, I kind of like stall next to me, like drives off. And that's when it triggers in my mind, okay, where's Cooper? Uh-huh. And then I can't find him. Uh-huh. And like, I start freaking off and I'm like running around the thing, yelling out his name, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, these other people that were on doing their cars, remember I had a kid with me. So uh-huh. they're looking and I'm going running past and I can't even begin to tell you like how scary that was, but like walking past all of a sudden I see his head pop up in the back of my car. So he'd gone ahead and climbed back in the car and like, then <laughs> I don't know and just gone in the back and, but yeah, it's just like relief there and. Um, you know, the other time is like, um, you know, not getting so much scared as I like was angry. It's, uh, my stepson's there on ADD meds and mm-hmm. my wife, you know, gave them the responsibility to take their own, but they weren't too bright. You know, they, <laughs> if they dropped a pill, you know, then not, they get know, distracted it up. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, my son, he would have been, I think a year and a half at that point, you know, kids at that age, they, Everything they fucking find, they put in their mouth. So uh-huh. he took a, oh. you know, I can't remember what medicine, if it was Ritalin or what it was. And so, yeah, that got a little bit scary with that. But he pulled through. Oh, that's good. Like, I mean, because Ritalin's an amphetamine. So he was a little, yeah. he was a turbo baby for a minute. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't like he wasn't turbo or anything. What it was is just like he was like zoned out. He was like zombified, man. He was Whoa. like. Yeah, it's weird, like catatonic or something. Jeez. Um, I mean, since we're on the subject of, of kids, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Sean David, your kids. Yeah. Yes or no? <laughs> well, Cooper, I like Cooper. Okay. Cooper's awesome. You know, it's, uh, you know he just turned eight. So, you know, that was kind of like a grounding thing. It's, a, it's one of those things you hear people talk about like that experience of like having kids you know it's just it's amazing it's true it's like you really can't fathom it until it happens it's like stepping into a different dimension in a way mm-hmm. you know so that's why when you see those people out there you know with their kids and everything you can't understand like how they can be so suburban and boring uh-huh. it's because it's just it's part of what happens to you as a kid it gets sad though like, i mean you, that that's not even my question with it my question with it's like I hear a lot of people say that, like that it's transformative. So how yeah. can you be a shithead? How can you be like a shitty parent if you have something magic happen to you? Yeah, that's a good, I don't know. It's I think it's one of those things. It's you know depending on you know where people's focus are. You know, there's some mm-hmm. people that just can't get over themselves, and so it's going to kind of come down to what their needs are and everything more than you know that of like the people they care about. And in that case, then yeah, it's. You know, it's, yeah, if you're a shitty parent, then you're definitely a, you know, a shitty person as well, in my opinion. Because you think yeah, it goes if the you other can't way? do that for your kid, it's just like, you're going to be shitty for everybody. Sure. Well, oh, okay. I guess that kind of that answers <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so you've got the stepson, and then you, or excuse me, you've got the biological son, and then the stepson. Yeah, two stepsons. Two stepsons. Yeah. So uh, what's, what's, what's the deal with them? Uh, the oldest one graduated high school and will be going to the National Guard very soon here in October. And then the congratulations, young, yeah, it's uh, he's talking about actually going on active duty after he gets through with there. So you know, making a you know at least a four year stint of it. So we'll see what happens there. Man, um, it, it's going to be a wake up call for him. 
Uh, for the other one, you know, it's uh, he's there in high school. He'll have another year. Don't know what to do. He's, you know, he's special needs. So it's like one of those mm-hmm. things that'll be kind of a matter of like figuring out where his place in life is going to be, you know, so mm-hmm. he doesn't end up wandering around downtown Denver here, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's even scarier than yeah. letting him go on the bike trail. Uh, <laughs> wow. No, he's like, in a ways, he's, you know, very difficult, like very aggravating. But mm-hmm. in some ways, he's also way easier because... You know, technically, he's a good kid. You know, he's more responsible. Like, Jake, you know, you give him, like, duties around the house. He won't do anything. Zach, on the other hand, you know, it's just like, you give him a duty, hey, just unload the dishwasher. He'll he'll do it, you know. it's So, he's not as messy as his brother, so. Does he show, like, a particular affinity for anything? Like, he he really likes, I don't, I don't, I don't, I I, I, (laughs) I don't want to be too stereotypical but like he like he loves piano or drawing or like anything yeah, like, that. like uh he likes you know riding his uh bike and you know it's uh what was it uh he has a long board as well that'll ride okay it's kind of it you know otherwise it can sometimes get a matter of like pushing him out of the house to actually go play with one of his friends he has a friend ivan and you know sometimes you know it's like ivan will stop over you know see if it can come out and he's just like uh, I think we're having things to do. What what kind of things do we, are we doing today, Zach? I don't want to go outside. Why? Why Why do you want to be in the house? All day? Just go out and play. Jesus, you got somebody who wants you to play with you. Go oh, man. Go do something. Well, that's that's good. Those, those are the, the friends you treasure, are the ones that make you get out of your comfort zone. So yeah. that, that's great that he has that. Yeah. Um, special needs. That's, that's interesting. Probably, did you... So I get, at, at what point in their lives did you kind of enter their family, I guess is the word for it. What, what, yeah. At what time do you become Papa Sean for that? Um, so Jake was six and Zach was five, I believe. Oh, so you got them when they were puppies. Yeah. So you got them. Yeah. You could really discipline yeah. them appropriately. Yeah. But at that point, you could see why they were abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, they were just <laughs> clawing. <laughs> we need a new daddy. <laughs> now, and Cooper, Cooper's just Cooper, a good kid. Um, I, I've worked with kids, uh, and I still do at the moment. And I, man, eight to ten is a great fucking age because they like, they're just starting to have a personality, but they're yeah. not dicks yet. Yeah. Like, is like how's Cooper? Do you, I guess? Do you like watching Cooper develop into the person he's going to become, and yeah. do you like the person that he's becoming? Yeah, it's uh, oh yeah, I like what he's becoming. You know, it's like he and I have had like a you know always a great relationship. That's you know, great. So. It's good, and right now it's you know he's into things like he's uh, doing karate and stuff, so he likes that. He was actually doing theater for a little while, which was good to get him into because he definitely showed signs of like being introverted, like me, and like mm-hmm. hard to get to socialize. And uh, but he did in that, and then you know it's he did a play, he did Grease. Uh, he played Sonny. Was his part in the Grease play? I haven't seen Grease. What is that? Is that you've never sun? seen Grease? Is that the sun? Is that who Sonny is? Yeah, well, Sonny is—he's uh, one of the characters of uh, 
the the T Birds in um in Greece. But that was Cooper and you know, Cooper, you know, he's like eight and he's like basically with all these, you know, pretty much older kids and stuff and he stole the show. But fuck yeah. So it was kind of cool. Just because so, Sonny is the lead again. I haven't. I haven't seen. I mean, I've seen Greece. You've like never ac- seen. I've seen it accidentally. So like, you have seen it in. though. Yeah, I've seen like I've uh, seen the end where they fly off in the car, and then like yeah. the intro. Yeah. Uh, and then like everybody's seen the you know music for "You're the One That I Want." But yeah. Not, I haven't followed the whole plot. Yeah. No, I mean, see me because I probably would have been Cooper's age when I first saw that movie. It's, I it's um. I was in this small town in Oklahoma, Benita, and we had a small, you know, movie theater there. And I just remember going to see that movie one time there. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I think there's cool. Like, there's like certain movies like that I liked when I was young for whatever reason. The musicals, like I liked West Side Story. And you liked like, West Side Story? Yeah, as a kid, as like an adult, not so much now. It's like I remember seeing a while back ago, and I'm like, eh. It's like the cartoon of musicals. It's just so fucking goofy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, like, it's charming as shit, yeah. but it's really fucking goofy. Yeah, I don't know why I liked it so much as a Not kid. That... I don't know if it's because, like, the genre, like, uh, so, because I remember I liked, um, you know, Grease and, you know, West Side Story. Then I also liked, uh, what was it, The Outsiders and stuff. So maybe it's something to the do The Outsiders with... not bad. Maybe yeah. you just like the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. Yeah, like maybe the, that's what it was. Did you like I Dirty know, Dancing as a kid? I, really kid? Liked, uh, I liked Elvis and stuff when I was growing up. Um, was it? I remember as soon as I was old enough to, I grew out, you know, big old sideburns for a little while. Like, <laughs> like how old? Like, God damn it. So I would have been like 17, I guess. Oh, or, man. I was hoping like eight-year-old. <laughs> thick. <laughs> big old sideburns. Thick and confident. Yeah. Yeah. These, they're down in there. Sean, maybe you weren't introverted maybe you just had ridiculous sideburns at 11 years old <laughs> uh, so uh in order to make cooper you uh you got with a a lady uh-huh with a whole all everything that that entails uh insider what did well <laughs> see i i didn't think that's actually how it worked i thought <laughs> I thought you came on her tits so hard that it would like drop down. It's trickle down. It's Reaganomics yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Um, t- you tell me can about do it that way, but they have to do like a, a rock back and forth motion, like start over so, in a ball, and then as soon as things drip down enough, they have to roll down <laughs> onto their back, so so it can go <laughs> the full route. Yeah. Um, how did you guys meet? How did you and your wife meet? Oh, God. Got a gross text from my wife. Um, oh, yeah. Perfect timing. She knew you were talking about coming on her tits. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just actually, you know, sadly, we uh, met online. We did. What? Yeah. Oh, and you shit on that in that bit. What's that? You shit on online dating in that yes, bit. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's such a beautiful layer but you don't understand like how that was still though after the you still feel that way jameson's ass and then before i got to that point oh man uh yes you can see i still have the shame there no dude i get it the first (laughs) first girl i ever fucked i met on okay cupid and maybe the reason that she's the first girl is that i just refer to as the first girl i ever fucked like a Neanderthal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, no. So I, I've been there. It's, yeah. a, it's a deep shame. I, it's I know, like online dating was like 
probably the best thing that could really happen for people in a way because mm-hmm. you know me it's like going up and talking to people like in the open not my thing like mm-hmm. i just find like writing and stuff i could always like write funny stuff or whatever and i could carry on a you know witty conversation there but like sure. trying to get me to go up and approach somebody just like talk them. to them is just like no because i don't know it's because I don't know. It's like one of those things that tend to like pull back and I get comfortable there. So, yeah, it's, and I'm sure it's uh, plenty of other people out there like that. So, a lot of people, you know, rather than, you know, getting frustrated and becoming serial killers, now maybe they found somebody who knows. Now, and this is purely conjecture. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I heard something really interesting that, um, like a lot of the the gay community now is like exclusively meeting online. Like Grinder is just such a immensely dominant force in their lives, really, and like in, in their dating lives. So that's just where so many of them are meeting. Uh, yeah. Of them, damn it! Um, just where just so many gay guys are meeting each other. Like it's just like why don't I? Pay? I don't know. I mean, there's still like the club scene and stuff, yeah. but I just I I just heard Grinders just fucking dominating the landscape right now. Like that's how. To me, I they, could see that making sense. One, it'd be safer because, uh, you know, it's, you know, unless you hang out exclusively at gay clubs, like let's say you go to, you know, any normal place, you know, you could like uh, try to, you know, strike up a conversation with somebody, kind of flirt with somebody, and then mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, you know, oh, it's uh, a guy straight, you know, and then that becomes weird. Oh, yeah, I didn't even thought of so that I, angle. I can imagine that, and, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's probably like even as a gay guy, you probably get tired of like going to gay clubs. Like, yeah, who wouldn't? I would imagine it's even nerds get tired of going to comic book stores. Yeah, fat people get tired of going to bakeries. No, they don't. Actually, that one's not true. So basically, you know, it's kind of like I imagine just kind of one of those ways to like yeah, at least meet somebody and just kind of know already where you stand without like having to say, okay, well I'm this, and somebody have to say, whoa. That's not me. Yeah. You know, oh, that's, no, 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 no. That's, and then not to mention, you know, it's like, you know, some guys get violent over that. Yeah. That kind of shit. And then, uh, well, yeah, I don't know, I can, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, good on him. I wish. Yeah. I just wish Tinder was that popular. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. It's really do popular. You, do you Tinder? I tried it, but it's like, man, I'm not photogenic. <laughs> not good with people that's a yeah. bad combo and also like i don't know yeah there i some people like play it differently but long answer yeah i did try it absolutely mm. nothing came of it yeah i had slight okay cupid success i'm back on it i've had zero success since yeah uh you need to you need to give up it's, yeah and i'm not saying <laughs> that as like you know it's like no you shouldn't breed it all i'm just saying it's like one of those things that's it's like one of those things is it seems as soon as you give up, that's when, you know, something pops up. Like That's a, that's actually a Taoist thought. Yeah. Um, that, like, the second you stop seeking something, you'll find it. Yeah. And, like, you probably heard it with, like, your car keys. Like, oh, second I found, or yeah. second I stopped looking, I found them. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's, like, an actual thing. And I think I was talking with Bradley Haltom about this on his podcast. But the, that's just, like, no more true than with, like, pussy. Yeah. It's just you stop looking and they like zero I remember, in on it. Yeah, when it did, it was on match and like where all of a sudden, you know, something happened for me is just like I kind of 
change the profile. You know, because everybody trying okay, these are the good things about me. And, you know, like when you really hate yourself, it's really hard <laughs> to write something. You know, which, and then, but then after a while, it's like, I was just like, you know, I gave up and I just wrote something like, yep. it's kind of self-deprecating in a while. And I'm like, ah, I don't really give a shit about what you have to say either. Uh-huh. And then next thing, you know, it's like, oh, hi, blah, blah, blah. I saw your profile. That's funny. Blah. Oh, man. Like, and then, yeah. It's interesting. But, you know, I was later. just genuinely done at that point. I didn't care anymore. Now, I did something close to that. What I did was I got fed up with it. <laughs> This yeah. was a couple times ago, mm-hmm. and I just started sending out just mean messages because I'm I'm ten years old on the inside, yeah. uh, and I actually I actually got my closer out of doing that. Oh, did you? Yeah. So I guess at least something positive came of it. Yeah. Um. So man, you the way that that timeline works, you guys would have met online ten, eleven, twelve years ago, right? Yeah, that was two thousand two. So like December two thousand two. So, so, so I was I was earlier internet culture, yeah. culture internet. Yeah. Um. Love first sight, love at second sight. Had to work to work towards you know it. What? Yeah, pretty much was. It's just like we had a connection there, and then mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, built it from there. So, you know, which is one of those things I think that kind of has to happen. Oh, I don't know. You hear about those stories, like, usually from old people. Well, yeah, she didn't, you know, she refused to go out with me, so I pursued her every day for three years. <laughs> oh, my God. Stalking her at her job at the grocery <laughs> store. Until she finally agreed. Now, to, and, be, to be fair, with a lot of old people, that could just be their brains going, and they're just replaying the plot of a movie in their yeah. head. They just thought that's what happened. Yeah, that mm, it's so weird that like what was thought of like chivalry mm-hmm. fifty years ago is now like a little autistic. Yeah, it's pretty creepy nowadays. Yeah, just like I won't leave her. You know, it still makes show up for at like, her house. Yeah, it still makes for like good movies in a way where you're just like, oh, okay, look at that, and it's like, no, put that in reality, and that's actually creepy. Yeah, it's a. But I mean, I guess you know, put a musical in reality. Yeah. You know, put Grease into reality. Going, oh, it's Zac Efron. It's okay because it's Zac Efron. So. Um, you guys. Oh, she's your wife. I was going to ask if you. What's your? What are your opinions on marriage as an institution? As as a holy vow? As a bullshit? Or do you not really have a view on it? And I don't think a lot of people that go into it like go into knowing exactly what they're getting into it's you're it's basically it's why the vows are there it's like okay do you take this person you know for better or for worse because you're gonna see that you're gonna see them at their best and at their worst mm-hmm. and you know it'll try it's just like oh, man whoa that just like clicked in my mind yeah because like i was just like you know you hear that during vows and yeah. it's just like hey this is the full spectrum you gotta take it like i was yeah. kind of associated with the marilyn monroe quote but i don't know why that never clicked you're totally right like yeah. you see them farting themselves awake in the morning oh you're gonna see them when they're at their angriest you're gonna see them when you know they're happiest and stuff so you know it comes with the good and the bad and you know it's just like you know if one thing if it was easy all the time it really wouldn't fucking mean anything so Mm. you know if you've had a marriage that lasted that's why what's the you know secret of marriage it's because everybody knows they get into it Mm -hmm. you know it's just like they couldn't get through the bad times and so they're there's those, man. It's just a matter of, like, you know, whether, you know, what you work out. How do you think you, you do get through the bad times? Do you think there's, like, a specific parlor trick, or you just got to 
It's just like an open mic. You just gotta figure out how to make it work. I was at a fringe wedding once a long time ago, and his uh, grandfather, you know, uh, gave just a very brief speech. I don't even know if you call it a speech because all I think he said, you know, his secret to a successful marriage was, you know, at least as a man, when you're right, admit it, or when you're wrong, admit it, and Mm. when you're right, shut up. Yeah. And so you just try to live by that because there's those times it's like people will fucking argue because you want to get your point across that yes you were right but when you do that it's like it destroys the relationship yeah it destroys the relationship and like there's a book and I think everybody should read it or at least get the audio book it's like how to win friends and influence people mm-hmm. and it's just how to do this because by you know, Dale you Gribble s- what's that <laughs> by, by Dale, Dale Gribble, Gribble. <laughs> <laughs> by Dale Carnegie <laughs> but um shisha <laughs> set of sand it's money <laughs> pennies <laughs> Uh, but what, what's in how to win friends and influence people it's basically the same thing it's just like how you, you know how you deal with people it's like you know one asking them questions so like mm-hmm. the purpose of this interview you're asking questions you know if you show that you're interested then you'll get a person to talk um, but the other thing is like how to treat people like you could get into a point like you you know you could win an argument against you know somebody in a crowd of spectators you know mm-hmm. prove that they're wrong it's like but in the end what have you you know done it's just like that person you know they're not going to admit that you're right if anything they're going to stand more ground oh, and all you've done is made an enemy so what's the whole point of that dude that's probably why i don't get into politics oh anymore. fuck you're so right like one of my most my proudest moments on stage was like at lion's lair and there's you know that little booth in the corner it was for some reason filled with like just frat just really fratty people yeah uh and i like i mean stereotypical to a t like literally neon popped collars yeah. And uh, they started calling out during the show, and I started shitting on him. Yeah. But I did it just right enough that he went up to me and high-fived me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, there's no better victory. I don't care how hard I crushed, but, like, when you get a heckler who you yeah. would be malicious to, to, like, agree with you, like, fucking peaking. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Um, do... Okay, so so marriage. Um, when you work, working through the bad times, get to the good times. What are those good times like? What the is good, good times like? Have you ever had good times for us? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you have those where it's just, you know, everything's... Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Go on. Go no. on. Go on. Yeah, the good times are just like, you know, just like any time. Like when you're in a, a good relationship and you're in that honeymoon period. It's just like those. It's just mm-hmm. like... You know, you have those, you know, times of marriage, like when you have those as well. And then you have sometimes where it's just like, you know, normal. And then sometimes meh. And then sometimes, you know, where you're breaking stuff. <laughs> uh, what, what does the time breakdown of that look like? Is it like 50% joy, 50% complete garbage? You know, well, or it's, it's all just this spectrum that it just falls on on a different Yeah, it's day. like... You know, Neapolitan ice cream, but, like, you put it in a bowl, and so it's just kind of all lumped in there, and you're like, okay, did I end up with more chocolate than, you know, vanilla in this one or whatever? It's, you know, it's just a mix. It's it's random. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then I start to get married, like, worried, like, at those times when, like, everything's going really great for a while, and I'm like, you know, you start to start to get on edge there because I'm just like, all right, I've done something to piss my wife off. I know what I know what I know what you know something's <laughs> gonna oh, oh, come up soon that I've you can't even enjoy the yeah. happiness without this little fucking <laughs> just waiting for the pin to drop. 
that's like no, that's a trope with, and I've, I haven't been married, so I don't know. So I'm asking you to clarify. Um, you know, we've always heard it. It's like the 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 nagging wife, like the mm-hmm. the relationship disintegrates mm-hmm. to a dumb, non-participatory husband mm-hmm. and a nagging wife. Do yeah. you think that's like the the end game of all marriage? You think it's the end game of all shitty marriages? You think it's just human nature? No, you think it's just it's, shitty sitcom writing? No, that's it becomes a phase and it becomes a rut if you're not careful. Mm. Like we've gone through that. Like, you know, my my wife, you know, is just totally irritated with me and then because she's totally irritated with me, then I'm irritated with her and it becomes this vicious circle thing. Wow. Until you finally kinda of talk it out and like uh one either, you know, apologize and going, Hey, I'm sorry, you know, for this or mm-hmm. But yeah, it becomes that way, and then I think some people just get stuck in ruts, and it goes on that forever. Because yeah. some people just, you know, they don't want to admit when they're wrong, or you know. And sometimes it's not even like you may not even be wrong, you know. You're just saying, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. There, it's like kind of getting their sincere apology. Mm-hmm. But then we've gotten that before. It's just like, hey, I understand you're mad, but I'm not apologizing for this. <laughs> and then it becomes like, okay, but there's like a detente that happens. Like, well. You know, I'm not apologizing for this either. Um, you know, and then you kind of reach kind of a common ground. And <laughs> well, I could not apologize for this thing. You could not apologize for that. Yeah. Do you think you've ever had like the opposite happen, where it's just like they've apologized for something, but deep down you still can't like really forgive it? Like, um, just like you know, like one of those fucking things that always pops up in the relationship, like it never gets solved, like. Fucking take out the fucking dishes. <laughs> no, it's like, if anything, at least not on my wife's part, it's like, who knows, I've probably done something to piss my wife off that she think about. But I think, you know, it's like, if you don't, like, learn to forgive, like, uh, mm. you know, it's, if somebody's, like, genuinely sorry, like, an apology goes a long way with me. Mm. But if it's one of those things, if, like, they just do it and they don't, like, ever address it or at least even change at least change like how they were then you know then that can kind of sit with me for like a long long time until that gets resolved sure well i mean yeah who wouldn't that do you, who wouldn't be affected by that excuse me do you think not to get too fucking gay on you uh do you think marriage has taught you how to better love yourself and other people who like aren't your wife no, I still hate myself. Too much, but, uh, <laughs> that's why, like, I have the hardest time like, promoting myself or anything, like, on Facebook. Because I'll mm-hmm. see, you know, people do that and go, hey, everybody, come check me out. You know, they seem like genuinely oh, yeah, they're excited for people yeah. to come see them. And I'm like, and I just put it out there because I'm like, all right, somebody's booked me on this show or I'm on this, you know, so I need to promote it in some way. But I have to do it in a way that doesn't make me die inside when. Yeah. You know, I say it, so that's why generally I'll do something self-deprecating because at least then I feel like I'm doing my part promoting the show, but yeah. not fucking showing everybody, hey, look, I can suck my own dick at the same time. <laughs> God, I hate the when people post a fucking list. Hey, here's what I got going on through November. No. Oh, God, yeah. Fuck? That's a pet peeve of mine. And I got to a point like this, September has been my busiest month comedy-wise, and I had one week where I had like, you know, three shows in the same week. And that was, like, new for me. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, oh, God, you know, it's like I know. And I'm like, all right, I need to promote each one of these. I'm like, I'm going to seem like a D 
D-bag fucking totally always promoting, you know, the show that I'm on this week. Or I can just do it in one lump and I'm like, no, nah, I can't do that. I can't do that. Would yeah. you? Hey, you can catch me here, here, here. And, you know, so I did it. Well, and it, like, it minimizes the impact, too. It, like, yeah. it makes it just, hey, check out this great show yeah. I'm on. Yeah. Check out these other nine great shows yeah. I'm on. Really but, reduces your... Yeah, a lot of it I do think is, you know, for ego, it's kind of showing everybody, you know, it's... Uh, you know, maybe it's for self-validation, showing, okay, yeah. you know, I am doing something with this. Here, see, you look. And then some of it, you know, it's, I know, it, and everybody's different. Like, I've, you know, I've been doing sales for a while, and you learn about, you know, people's different per- personality types and, you know, what their needs are. You know, like most people are just kind of normal and balanced, but some people have this, you know, out-of-balance need for attention we're out of balance need for like empathy or hmm. you know to be in control yeah and so yeah when you get that thing where they have somebody has this out of balance need for attention you know it's just like they can be obnoxious with it and, you know and that's where i get go crazy with comedy because i know the oh hang on yeah okay just like to point out we did go 57 minutes without talking about comedy <laughs> so we did do that <laughs> But I always have people, you know, think it's just like, okay, you know, it's just a, you know, people who do comedy, you know, they have this thing, you know, they're always like the life of the party and stuff because mm-hmm. the other people that have this out of balance need for attention. It's like, no, it's like, that's pretty much a minority of the comics. Most of them. Yeah, I just, know I can think of one comic who's yeah, like that and yeah. the rest of us are just like, uh, yeah. leave me alone. And everybody thinks, oh, yeah, 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 look at me. Wong, 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 wong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like it, it's funny how many jobs, because I try not to tell people I'm a comic. Uh, it's funny how many jobs I'll just encounter this weird standoffish adversity with my coworkers. And then the fucking second I slip that I'm a comic, suddenly everybody's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> That's why you like that. All right. Come hang out with us. Like it's it happened like three times. It's just like, well, okay. I guess I need to just start introducing myself as a comic if I want to get away with being a shitty employee. Just do it. Do that. Do the quotation marks. I'm a comic. Just and that way you can do it and feel better about yourself. I've performed at comedy works yeah. and done yes, jokes. While you're doing comedy, the more that you do it, the more the worst you feel like is I should say like uh, for example you know starting off comedy you're like oh okay you know I got some laughs there's like okay great you know it's just a matter of time and then after a while the more you do it and you're like ah I suck at this and the more mm-hmm. you do it it's just like then you see the other people coming up new going hey look at what I'm doing great 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 I'm gonna be the next big thing it's just like no <laughs> yeah you're gonna die inside for a while it's it's a long battle just sit down put on your seatbelt and Try to get what you can out of it. So, are you asking if like my expectation of how good I am at comedy is or like, like changes? Self realization, I guess. Would I, you say that's changed for you since? I mean, I've really from the beginning tried to stay as self aware as possible. Yeah. That's why I really I kind of like it when people criticize me because then like I get to view myself a little more objectively. Yeah, I'm fucking terrified of being and you name them in your head or name them if you're yeah. listening to this podcast of some of the comics who've been doing it like. 10 years and they're still open micers or some people 
I mean, there are some comics here who are literally delusional, and there's very few. Yeah. But like they, like you, they have to not be aware of reality to yeah. just eat shit that constantly and just yeah. be okay with it. Um, I think part of it yeah. though is maintaining a delusion in a way because like getting in there, it's like otherwise, what's yeah, the, the reality, uh, yeah. the reality <laughs> is you know. Oh God, yeah, going nowhere with this. Like, why should I even bother? Then and it's like at a point why even try. But then it's like at the same time you have, you know, you try to maintain the delusion. It's like okay, you know, maybe someday this will go somewhere. But then at the same, you have to stay grounded. Like, if I put myself in a perspective, like on a, where I'm at in like comedy, uh-huh. I would say uh, like if I was doing this in a belt system, like with you know, martial arts. Oh, okay, got it. I'm at a green with black stripe, but of course that's starting off like going from belt white to yellow, yellow with stripe, orange, orange with stripe, green, green with black stripe, you know, to blue, blue with black stripe. Red, red with black stripe. <laughs> purple, purple with black stripe. Brown, brown with black stripe. With the second stripe. Jesus, <laughs> what fucking martial art has all of these? Are you looking at a 10-year black belt? Like Basically, a five-year black belt? No, it's like, it was six years for me to get my black belt. Okay, that's reasonable. Yeah. Because that, that's about Actually, what it should yeah, be. Six, six and a half years, something like that. Six and a half year dump. Which <laughs> I think is, you know, should be expected, you know, at least in martial arts. It's one of my pet peeves is martial arts where... You know, you get your black belt in a year and a half. It's just like, God damn, it's like, at that point, it's like you're, you're maybe starting to move a little bit the way you should. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, I love martial arts, and when I see that kind of shit happening, it pisses the hell out of me. Well, and I mean, in terms of like gaining a skill for anything, yeah. like I think there's always the same pyramid. There's like, you're you you have no idea how much you suck. You're yeah. just a complete beginner. Mm-hmm. Then you think you're really good. Yeah. And then you kind of realize you're not that good. And yeah. then you realize you fucking suck. Yeah. And then you realize you know what I'm pretty okay. Yeah. And then you realize I'm good. Yeah. Uh, and then you die. Yeah. That's pretty much it. You get to realize you're good one day before you die. I think yeah. is what happens. Yeah. And then your head pops. Yeah. Ah oh, man, what? What a long belt system though, because like I've. Like I heard, Kyokushin has like one of the most elaborate ones, and it's five years to black. What? What one? Are you talking about this? I did uh, red to green to well, orange to blue. It depends also like on what you know teacher you're under and stuff. Because like okay. with what I did in Ninpo Taijutsu, like uh, under one system, the Ginwakan system, basically they only had three belts. Really, there was white, green, and black. So you could be green for like years. Yeah, and then. But um, then there's some, like, what was it, uh, one martial arts school my son was going to. They had quite a few belts. And they'll kind of have that in place as part of it, you know. What is he learning? Uh, right now, it's, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Um, it's a, this place down in Castle Rock, Castle Rock Martial Arts, which there's part of me that bothers because it was kind of centered around Taekwondo, which I hate Taekwondo. But they also incorporate other things, and they're like, uh, they do, you know, uh, Hapkido, which is another Korean martial art, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to incorporate also, like, the ground fighting, mm-hmm. some karate, kung fu. Um, Man, they're all over. And I want to say something else, but, you know, it's to make an eclectic martial art, which, you know, which is what I liked about it, because the martial art that I did in Po Tai Jitsu, it's a very eclectic martial art. Mm-hmm. Though it probably didn't focus, you know, as much ground fighting as what you'll get with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, mm-hmm. and not as much like kicking and stuff as like you'd have in like 
uh, Taekwondo or Hapkido. But, you know, so there was like a lot of grappling, joint locks, strikes, you know, all sorts of stuff that cool. I liked. And, you know, personally, that's what I would love for my son to do. But <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like hard to like teach to a kid. It's He needs to be in environment training with other kids. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, kids learn way better in a group. Um, yeah. to you also have to get like a fucking weirdo kid to yeah. like get them like to actually focus with you on like on a private lesson. Yeah, because uh, they have to either just be the most attentive kid in the world. Yeah, or they have to fucking really want that. And yeah, I don't know if at eight years old, if you want, like, yeah, no, yeah. I need to learn how to wrestle shit. Yeah, <laughs> I need to be able to take down an alligator. I'm coming for you next, Papa. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's a that's a thought, huh? Mm-hmm. Um sex. Mm-hmm. Yes, no? And I'm not asking your opinion, I'm offering. <laughs> I was gonna say it's just like um I'll pass right now, but um uh, so my opinion on sex? Yeah. Oh no, I still think it's a it's a great thing. I've watched many people do it. <laughs> uh, really good, real good. No, it's uh, even in marriage, it, it can be good. Even after being together, you know, for like twelve uh, or eleven years, we've been together, something of that sort, going on twelve. God damn, that's crazy. But um, oh yeah, you have your mom. It's just a matter of like, you know, do you do it for each other anymore in terms of like sexual appeal? Because after a time, it's just like you've both become occupied in your duties as a parent. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, all right, my wife, she's a great mother. Like, mm-hmm. in That's terms good. of like, I probably, you know, let's see, if I just been like, uh, you know, like Cooper had been dropped off on my doorstep, uh-huh. you know, like as a baby and with the note saying, hey, you're the dad. Uh-huh. I don't know what I've done. I've, you know, sure would have loved him, but it's just like in terms of like doing everything you need to as a parent. Uh-huh. My wife has already experienced, you know, with two kids, so like she's always ahead and knowing like what needs to be done and stuff. And if like something, you know, Cooper needs to be in something, making sure he's doing that. So, but then you become involved with these roles, you know, she's doing that. It's like mm-hmm. going out working, and you know, after a while, it's kind of like you're just kind of two ships. In the, the night. night. Ah, shit! <laughs> oh, fuck! Yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't yell in this neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so then after so a while, it's just like, you dead. have to set aside that time. I'm sure kids are still having fun doing it. <laughs> yeah, kids still like it. Kids still enjoy it. Now, you, you said something just a second ago that... Do you think, like part of still like having good sex in marriage is like being attracted to each other or it's like willing to do whatever to get each other off. No, it's, it's definitely still like about the attraction. Like, you know, it's, uh, and that's the thing is like, you gotta be careful. Like in life, like about like not really letting yourself go. It's because you become so involved with things as you get older. It's like, you let yourself go easy. If, you know, if, if you're not careful, the next thing you know, it's like, yeah, you lose your sex appeal. Yeah. Especially to your to your partner. And so you have to work out. And so, you know, and so when you're like, when you do have like a sexual attraction to each other, then yeah, that helps out. Because you know, after a while, it's just like figuring out like what gets that person off that. 
I don't know that like really kind of does it anymore. They're only like, yeah. oh, fuck, you know, it's like, yeah, you know how to get me off, but I know how to do that as well. What do I need you for? Well, and I guess that's all that really like role playing or mm-hmm. fucking getting weird is. It's just like mm-hmm. raising the stakes and just changing the yeah. attraction. It's like, yeah. Well, that's, that's why I that's think a good like thought. people get into swinging after a while too. It's just like, oh god, this has gotten boring. Let's start swinging. Well, and I mean, I think part of the appeal of swinging is that you get to see them in a new light too. Because mm-hmm. you get to go, oh well. So that's what my wife looks like with the fucking Jerry in her. That's <laughs> nice. But no, I mean, again, I'm not qualified to speak on it. I haven't yeah. been married, but yeah. swinging, I don't know, like polyamory. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how I feel. It gets, like, my wife and I, we're not swingers, but we've definitely, we've done some weird stuff. There. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, uh... Would you feel comfortable talking about it? You know, I, I probably feel comfortable. I don't know that she'd, like, feel comfortable with me talking about Here's it. Wait, we'll take another pause. <laughs> Give her a call. <laughs> okay, just... Can you like talk around it so that we all get the gist? But like, here, can, can you incriminate yourself without incriminating her? It's a uh... God. I'm trying to think of what I what I could actually say. It's like what I say is uh, you know we've had friends before. Uh-huh. You know things got weird. It's just like it. It's kind of like not so much a thing as like you know saying okay, this is what they're doing and everything. It's just uh-huh. like. A weird sexual adventure. It's like, that's all I could say. It's just like you kind of talking about it the next day, like, okay, that happened, you know. Well, I mean, the, and that that creates a sense of intimacy. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like killing a guy. Well, now we did that mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you enjoy that experience, or was it just kind of like a we got it over and done, or like it's still kind of in the back of your guys' mind? No, it's kind of one of those things. I don't. To me, it was just weird. Oh, okay. It was it was weird, and basically because uh, the the other girl, she was a a squirter and bah! very very weird, very weird. I should say. <laughs> just... Oh man, like a personality or just everything or a little like no, she had like a normal great personality, but. Sexually, very weird. Like, oh man, it kind of was like you were doing an exorcism. Fuck, it was weird. <laughs> well, like a squirter and a shrieker and tied her up with chains. Yeah, she made just, you turn your head around and throw up on her. Yeah, just like, yeah, it was weird. Like your boyfriend's like having a you know way to hold her down. You know, like so it's just like. Is I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. That's gotcha. only my nightmares really know how to tell the story <laughs> of that one. That is fun though. What uh, what's like a, just a great adventure you've had? A great adventure, um, probably. A, you know, with my wife, probably the first time when we went out into Kauai and got married there, we did like a little. Adventure. You guys got married in Hawaii. Yeah, That's got married on the beach in Kauai. And, uh, oh, let's see, the day after our wedding, though, we went on a little adventure thing, you know, on a hike, kayaking, and, you know, jumping off, like, uh, around these waterfalls and stuff. That was pretty cool. But for me, like, for my own adventure, probably just, like, I remember the days when I was young, probably about your age would be at the uh, end of a year of work and I had two weeks of vacation to burn up so I just go do a road trip by myself like 
Oh. Drove all the way up to like Whistler Village, BC, by myself, you know, hanging out in Bellingham, Washington, and stuff like that. Man, I, yeah, I think I'm going to do, because I went on a little like mini tour of America last yeah. year, and I think I'm going to do it again now that I've got. Where'd you go? I went to Chicago, uh, oh, I remember when you did that. Boston, and New Orleans, yeah. and fuck it. Would you want to do those same cities again or something different? I think I would want to visit Chicago again to see if I, because I fell in love with Chicago, I want to see if she's still pretty to me. Yeah. Might want to try out New York, yeah. San Fran, L.A., don't know. Maybe don't be such a bitch and try doing something like go, go north of the border, <laughs> go to Toronto, go to Toronto, you know, Winnipeg. Man, that'd be interesting. I need well, to get a visa. Because they have that highway that goes all across the stretch there. I have no idea what that stretch is like, man, going... How funny would it be to go to Canada and be like, they like check your thing, like they see the Colorado ID and like, what are you going to Canada for? Uh, legal weed. <laughs> You're from Colorado. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Yeah, I remember like the uh, first time I drove up to Canada by myself. What was it? I was crossing there at the uh, border out in, you know, in Washington or going over to British Columbia. Yeah, I just got hounded by, like, customs there for a while. They're like, what are you coming to Canada for? I'm like, burning up vacation time. Yeah. Like, All right, what are you going to do? I'm like, I was just going to go up check out, uh, you know, uh, Vancouver. And they're like, all right, well, since you haven't been here in a while, let's just have you sit down and wait, you know. And then they want to go inspect my car. They're looking through there. And while they're yeah. looking through my car, they find um, you know, some visine eye drops, man. Because after driving so long, you know, your eyes get red. So. Uh-huh. Use those, and I didn't smoke pot or anything then, you know. And so uh, the guy there, he's like, "No, hounded me." He's just like, "Well, well, we're in your car, you know. We found something that make us suspect that, you know, maybe you have drugs or do drugs." And I'm like, "What?" Because I have visine in there. It's like, dude, I've been driving for freaking eight hundred <laughs> miles. It's like, I just get bloodshot. And he's like, "Okay, well, what we're just gonna do is have the, you know, the you know dog come over and sniff your car and everything, and Ugh. you know." So and I'm like, "Okay." It's just like, so yeah, man, if you have something you want to do, you don't want the dog to fight it. I'm like, whatever. It's like, I don't have anything there. You actually know the secret to get away with the, the drug sniffing dog? What? Um, so if you like hide your weed <laughs> inside a dead dog, <laughs> you'll just find the dead dog and go, oh, silly puppy. <laughs> <laughs> No, so how I ended up getting out of it is like eventually after a while, I, I can't remember how much time had passed by. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, do you have any idea how much longer it's going to be? And then at that point, he's just like, oh, it's just messing with you. You know, so go ahead and go on. So I think he's waiting to see if I'd start like panicking or something, uh, you know, start like but, trying to bargain or whatever. And, huh, that's a good angle. Yeah. Damn, fucking, but, um, fucking cops. So tricky. Uh, then I did have a scare though one time where I flew up to Winnipeg. Um, Manitoba, my friend Hans, and uh, he had cats, but he also, you know, at his place, he'd had weed, and so we get up there, and while we're waiting around to go through customs there, you know, they have the guys with the dogs walking through, you know, going around sniffing bags, sniffing mm-hmm. for drugs and everything, they stop at his bag and start sniffing like crazy, oh, shit. and I'm like, oh, shit, and then they kind of let go and start going on, and I'm like, oh, it must have been the fucking cats, man, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I'm like looking at the Hans. I'm like, God damn it, because I was like getting all prepared to have like, you know, I have an orifice is, you know, checked out because of him. And, you know. You think they're gentle when they do that? 
God, I don't know, man, but I've I've never had it had that done gently. <laughs> you had it done? <laughs> well, not by like a doctor or anything, but by you know females and everything. It's just <laughs> I haven't enjoyed it at all. You got to work your way up to it. They got it's just like. You'd think ladies don't understand. You can't just fucking jam a well, whole hand in like, there. You know, I heard it's just like one of those things as soon as it goes in, I've been working on something talking about it. It's like, my feeling like right away is just like, they've just triggered explosive diarrhea. And yeah, like, if you. they don't stop what they're doing, it's going to like come shooting out. <laughs> just like get all over them. And, God. That and would so be pretty that funny. That has been a serious fear of mine. So, yeah. But no, it uh, hasn't it hasn't happened though. But. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why up, I haven't shit it up all over way. the place? I don't <laughs> set it up because it definitely felt like it was going to happen. <sighs> I, uh, eh, hmm. I'm sorry. It's that you feel that way. It, <laughs> it's worth playing around with. Maybe you know if you can trust yourself. <laughs> Just going to the bathroom with a toothbrush. <laughs> My oldest stepson did that once with a with a drumstick. Fucking no way! I had a yeah. friend. I legitimately it was a friend in high school who did. Yeah. It wasn't like oh friend in high school quotes. Yeah. I fucking had a friend in high school do the same thing. Oh really? Did you catch him doing it, or he was just like what, Sean? I no. got this drumstick. I can't use anymore. My wife was cleaning up his room, and she came across a towel that totally had shit in it. Like, you know, like the towel was stuck together with shit in it. Like, what the hell? Looking around, then we see this drumstick with, like, the brown smear on it. Oh, man. So, yeah, he apparently during the middle of the night, and he had a friend sleeping over at the oh, time. Oh, my fucking God. You know, his friend is sleeping, and all of a sudden, Jake becomes curious as to what a drumstick in his ass would feel like. Oh, and man. And he tries it, and he totally shits. <laughs> <laughs> Clean it up with the towel. Oh man, is that? I mean, that's going to be almost impossible. The to top is that like the best dirt you have on your kids? That, like they don't think you know, but you totally know. Oh no, it's uh, he. He knows that uh, we totally know that. Because, oh uh, no, he knows. That's how we have to like Jake. What is this about? And that's when he explained it. You know, to oh us, like, god, you made. Oh, he had to explain it. <laughs> oh fuck. Kid doesn't have a lot of shame, and you know, oh, he volunteered it. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, whatever, fuck you. But, oh man, that would have made a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so great. I love it. I love everything you have to say, Sean. You're the best. Um, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. Yeah, probably. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom about everything. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm Ben Bryant. This has been Chips in the Night. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everybody.